I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There was a point where I couldn't, I literally couldn't set foot in Lisbon because people genuinely wanted to kill me. For those who don't know, I spent £500 on a football shirt because it had this Mario print on it. It's a really great city and I think probably is my favourite in the world that I've seen so far anyway. Whatever job you have, like your profession, as long as you love it, what you're doing is amazing. Hi, Les. Thanks for joining me on the Travel Talks podcast. Firstly, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I think it's, um, yeah, I am. I'm doing pretty well. I think I've got into like a lifestyle routine now. So I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm good on my end. How about you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. The same, really. Kind of at first, it was a bit strange and then you kind of adapt to it and then this routine starts building and it's all you know. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you normal now. So we've all adapted to it. <laughs> so I've been watching your channel for a few years now. I've been a massive fan of it and more so even with the football shirt content. But I thought maybe we could start on your away days content because that's what really built your channel to what it is now. I wondered if for people who don't watch your away days content, whether you could give a little description about it. So for away days, essentially, it's like a, a, a travel vlog. So I go to a different football game every week in some part of England, some part of Europe or anywhere in the world just to watch a different game try and show the game from a fan's perspective because like you never really see it so I wanted to try and show that and it's kind of like grown to there's a lot of coverage of non-league teams so we go to just like random locations in England where there'd never be any coverage at all and we just experience it and try to get like these random non-league teams like several thousand views which has always been like the aim of it so I think I think we've succeeded in that but yeah basically we go to a different game every week and I record what happens basically. And you, you just did the forfeit. I saw the hot dog video you released the other day. Is that, mm-hmm. do you reckon, the worst forfeit you're going to do this season or have you got worse things planned? Uh, there's the, I don't know. The problem is with that, the forfeit idea is fun for the viewer, not for me. But like, <laughs> the pro, I think if you event, if you keep doing forfeits, it's going to just have to keep being more and more because the shock factor is going to go. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know where it goes from here, but we'll, um, we'll see. Maybe some alcoholic ones because... I mean, there. I don't know how I'm going to edit that and get that up the next day if it's me, though. But well, I, I don't. I really. I hope. I hope it's as bad as it gets. I hope I never lose again. But yeah. We'll see. The full kit one sounds quite scary, to be honest. Yeah, I know. That's that's one where you're going to be judged heavily because he's. He's. I've got him a full West Brom kit, which is just we're going to some random game in Suffolk. So people are just going to be like, "What is going on?" He's got like shin pads, boots. That's going to be so fun. And the red and yellow one is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the worst one. so um obviously lockdown stopped your away days trips so that must have been really tough for you 
how did you find it impacted you maybe on your mental health of not being able to do this because you obviously enjoy going around the country and doing this every week do you find it difficult I think I didn't realize how difficult I found it until we got to go back like recently to like non-league games and then I was looking back actually last night through my girlfriend for some photos of the last time we went to Europe uh we went to watch the Prague derby I was like just stuff like that. Like, I know that sounds very privileged and like, oh, that's not a normal thing, but like doing stuff like that, I miss it. Like having this, the chances to do these amazing things. Whereas I do, and obviously I think we're heading towards another lockdown or some form of it. Like obviously the countries, I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I do miss it. And I think it has affected me and more, more, especially if this gets taken away from us again now, even the ability to go to non-league teams. I think that's going to affect me heavily because we've had it and then it's going to be just taken away again. Just, you know, weird. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? European travel for me as well was a massive part of my life and what I enjoy. So it's tough, isn't it? It's really tough to deal with. Um, Yeah, exactly. With um, your channel, obviously you said that it was built largely on away days and you kind of had to find that second strand of content to build up because you couldn't go around to different games. You start with the football shirts and it's become massively popular. I'm a massive yeah. fan of it. I've been watching all of your videos and binging them myself because I love collecting football <laughs> shirts. What what sparked this? Uh, I really don't know. Like I I start. I've always collected, but I haven't. I always wanted to collect football shirts, and then I always thought I couldn't afford to do it because like I don't know. I just I thought it was really pricey, and obviously now it's like as pricey as it's ever been. But like I found a niche of going to charity shops, then I started collecting them from there. And now it's kind of spiraled into the point now where like over the other side of my room here, there's like 200 football shirts. Oh, and wow. it's just, it started because I like how they look, but it's kind of become a bit counterintuitive because I just collect ones that I don't even know why I've got them. <laughs> but it's, um, it is very addictive. And I think because there's such a huge appeal to them and they are a really good investment of money as well, obviously with how massive football is globally, like they're never going to depreciate well, maybe they will a bit now because I think the market's a bit silly. I think it's like mm-hmm. you see people spending like 400 quid on a football shirt and it's just, I think it's a bit of a bit of greed, a bit of for, on the behalf of the sellers, to be honest, that it's got to this point. And I hope that over the next year or so, maybe the, the retro shirts will come down in price. But if you look at like Pokemon cards, it's a, mm. a, not a very, you know what I mean? Like uh, the more shirts there are in circulation, like say for this bruised banana one here, mm. There's only like, there's barely any. And if one gets damaged, then that one is another one that you can't compare the price with. Of course. So like, like, yeah, it is ridiculous. Um, But it is fun as well. Yeah. I was going to ask um, if you had an estimated valuation on your entire collection. I saw your most recent recent video on the topic. You said £5,000, but that was a couple of months ago. I think I would still say it's around that. The problem is with that, I have like 80 to 100 that I need to sell and I just haven't listed them mm. so if you included that you can maybe say it's worth more but I think I don't really want to do that because that's not my collection I'd say I'd say a 5,000 is probably about right I think yeah I don't know so, which is it's handy for if um if things don't work out financially for me yeah <laughs> nice fail safe <laughs> yeah and is your most expensive one the Fiorentina shirt you bought recently I had to return it though did you? So I um so I basically bought it obviously the Mario I spent mm. for those who don't know I spent 500 pounds on a football shirt because it had this Mario print on it 
And then it turned out that that couldn't even be authenticated and the, the people who sold it to me couldn't authenticate it themselves. It was like, wow, why did you sell it for £500 then? So I got that refunded, fair play to them, um, which I've now reinvested into another video, which will be out soon. But I think the most valuable one probably is the bruised banana. Mm. If you want to buy that, it's like 350 Wow. which is just, but I got given that. I would never spend that on a shirt if you ignore the 500 I spent on that. Other <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, I, I like any ones that are too expensive. Obviously, this sounds odd because I have ones that are worth like hundreds, but you don't want to wear them. Like I've got like a Fiorentina one just over here. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. really bad. Yeah, but I don't want to wear it because, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. odd almost too expensive I do have, like a really expensive suit <laughs> yeah exactly i do have a shirt that if it's real is worth like ten thousand pound but that's for another video coming soon okay yeah i won't, I won't ask you about that you can keep that secret. there is zero chances there's literally zero chances real <laughs> but i'm on the case trying to find out if maybe it is yeah but we'll see nice and you said you keep them in the room are you able to angle the camera and show no that's fine um oh no. wow <laughs> look at that oh it's gone the camera's gone um I didn't, this room is very much just uh i come in here and record and then yeah. leave the room is this your set as well your, your set for your youtube videos yeah so like the, that's why the ring light's there yeah very it's kind of is a bit embarrassing how bad this room is at the moment i do need to sort it out is there one shirt that you don't have in your collection which you've got your eyes on yeah, I, oh, there's so many. Um, I think I'm looking to buy like more. I really want the Dortmund blackout shirt. Mm. I think they only actually made like 5,000 of it. So there's literally, I'm never going to own it basically. Because if you have one, I don't know why you'd sell it. Mm. I want the Juve Palace shirt. You know, they did like a collaboration with Palace Skateboard. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got the green, luminous green. Yeah. yeah. That one, I want the home one of that. I've got the goalkeeper one, but you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get it again because mm. it's like 200 quid and for that it's like a holiday that, yeah, that's more so of my point is over lockdown but then not we're basically heading back to it but my lock my lockdown theory was i'm only going to end up spending this on something stupid like takeaways or something so i may as well just invest it in shirts but at the start of lockdown i could get like say like a france 1998 shirt for 20 quid mm. now i won't buy one for under 100 because that's yeah. literally how crazy it's gone over lockdown so I don't really, in terms of the shirt I'd want the most, maybe, yeah, the Dortmund blackout would probably, yeah, be top, I reckon. You know, I was actually at that game, the one they wore that. Really, Why are you? Really odd. So my brother and I went over to Dortmund to watch the game and they came out of the tunnel and they were, they were wearing this all black kit and we were like, is this a training kit? Or we'd not seen anything about it. And we were just like so confused and then came out and everyone's all over social media, just like in awe of this kit, completely blackout, most beautiful kit ever. But yeah, really. I wonder, I wonder if you could have bought that in the club shop on the day. I don't really yeah, know. I, I, we, we did go into the club shop and I couldn't see it. But oh, yeah, okay. that would have been a real missed opportunity if we could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could probably, I think one sold on eBay for like 600. Wow. Like, yeah, outrageous amount. It reminds me of the uh, AIK. Have you seen the AIK black? Yeah. Shirt? Really, really nice That's as nice. well. Yeah. Leeds released a centenary shirt like a year and a half ago. Oh no, last season. And that's worth like 500 now. I just never bought it because I didn't think it looked very nice. And I was yeah. like, yeah, should should have probably bought it. <laughs> so so moving on, um, you've spoken quite openly about how you want to present in the future. 
and you started YouTube because you wanted to be a kids TV presenter. Is that correct? Yeah. Good knowledge. Yeah. Um, I wondered what your like all time aspirations for the YouTube channel were. Yeah. See, I, I never thought away days would get like 5,000 subs. So I was like, when I first started it, I was very militant. Like, to be honest, it's only been like the last year and a half where the content's actually became polished. I'd say like maybe even this season, like if you look at like an away days video from this season to the last, like the the, the difference is unreal. Like mm. I went back and watched one from the other season the other day just to see like how far the content has came. And it was just, there's not, there's not, in terms of the quality of content I'm putting out, it's so much better than what I was doing before, even if the views aren't matching it. Like when we go back to the league games and the European games, then I'm sure they'll come. But the aim for me was like a hundred subscribers. And then I really, I genuinely just wanted to get better on camera. And I think hopefully now I'm much better, but the only issue I have now is I'm so comfortable on camera. And when I'm talking to people normally, I talk very fast. So when I'm on camera, sometimes because it's so natural to me now, I'm just going to this all the time and I'm trying to talk about this all the time, which becomes horrible, <laughs> like for a viewer, because you can't understand what I'm saying. And then when I'm editing it, I'm like, where the hell do I cut? Because I'm just like so rapid. Mm. But, and also I'm very honest and I'll say that there's, there's like people out there who are much better at presenting than me. Like people like, I don't know, James Alcott, he's a very good presenter. He'd, he'd, why would anyone hire me when they can hire him? If you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I think, I think it's getting there. Because everyone has different skill sets and everyone kind of appeals to different people. I think what you've got to remember is that just rather than, and it's easy, easier said than done, rather than comparing yourself to different people, perhaps just look at what makes you great and kind of focus yeah. on that. Because there are loads of loads of companies that would want to hire you. You've got amazing presenting skills, but also the channel as well to back it up. So don't put yourself down like that. Thank you. I think um, maybe my my that's why I think it was children's TV was my aim because I'm not too serious. Like like you see some channels where this isn't me. Throwing, I don't have anyone in mind when I'm saying this, but they come out with like stats upon stats on things, and whereas I'd rather just make like a joke about mm. it, and whether the humor lands or not is subjective, mm. but. I think that that's me. Like I'd, I'd be right. I'd be me. Be I would be, I'd be being disingenuous if I was to come out and start going like every expected goal stat of something because that that really isn't me. Like I literally just am very surface level in my focus on everything. So like when I'm pulling a football shirt out, I even get like stick on that because people are like, oh, he doesn't know the exact year, and I'll make like comments about it in my videos. But like for me, it's just I like the shirt. I'm gonna say something about the shirt, whereas. Others would probably like give you an in-depth detail about the fabric where you could find or who hand stitched it. It's just, whereas me, it's like, that's nice. Next one. And also I think that makes it more engaging as a piece of content as well. Yeah. Because if you're going to sit there for two minutes describing about one shirt, the average viewer is going to be like, I'm, I'm moving on. Hmm. Whereas I like to kind of try and keep it like all the time to just keep things flowing basically. Yeah, it's, it's obvious as well when you're watching your video that that's your genuine reaction to the shirt. And like you say, if, if someone's researching the shirts beforehand, it loses that like raw element of the video. It loses that genuine element. So I think what you're doing is yeah. right and I really enjoy it. So Cheers. with the uh, YouTube channel, it's been going for a, quite a few years now. I wondered if you could pick out a single highlight for me. Um, see, it's weird. Uh, oh, this is going to sound so like... Um like them quotes you see on Instagram, like live, love, love. <laughs> but that was a quote and it was like, remember when you wanted what you have now? And I was like, 
ah because there's so many times like when i first started youtube i never would have thought i'd have got to work with, like fc porto i got we got to work with it in the milan which is just we didn't work they didn't pay us which you know shame <laughs> but we got to we got to have a tour of the san siro we got to meet like lukaku latara martinez um that was a moment that was kind of but then on the flip side of that i was it was i was doing a job so i couldn't really savor it at the time mm. i think the whole porto thing is just craziness like going over there like they act like i'm some like cult hero and like i don't i literally just i think i think the the only reason that is though it's not because of me it's because i think porto are very keen to they want everyone to know what it's like over there and like they see me as an outlet for that i don't think they see me as like this amazing person i think they see like they want english people to see like we're better than benfica basically mm. but like working with classic football shirts was cool. I wouldn't say that was because that was my first presenting gig. Mm. Um, but that that content, I think they'll admit themselves, was filmed in really weird lighting and like so bad that I can't really use it on a showreel or anything. But there's, there's I'd say probably the Inter Milan stuff. Looking back at it, was really amazing. But yeah, it all just sort of it all just sort of molds into one really. And you don't. Like the Inter, for example, the trip to Inter Milan. For those who don't know, like we, I was on like an hour's sleep, and that hour I got. So we we flew to Milan from London. I was on no sleep because the flight was at five a.m. or something like that. Wow. We got to Milan. Well, our hotel was like ages away, and we couldn't find transport there for some reason. So I had literally an hour to sleep before the game, and like, you you begin to notice yourself when you're tired, basically, but. Looking back on the experience, it was it was an amazing one. So probably that I'd say. I'm waffling. Sorry. No, it's good. It's amazing, man. Great to hear. So I just thought we could move on to the travel-related questions now, and yeah. I start by taking us all the way back to your childhood, and if you could pick out a fondest childhood memory of a holiday. Um, I remember we went to Turkey when I was like seven, and I couldn't swim, so there was a swimming pool. And I just grab onto the side and I'll just go around the pool like this, with like it was like a family all inclusive thing. So loads of families are there. I just keep clinging onto the side and go around the pool for like hours. And in my head, I thought everyone was really impressed by me because they're all staring at me. But in, in retrospect, they were probably like, why is this chubby kid just flying around the pool all the time? Just leave us be. Whereabouts in Turkey did you go? Uh, somewhere in Marmaris. Somewhere. Yeah. I, I I couldn't I couldn't say I don't know I don't, it's all a blur. Yeah, was um travel a big part of your childhood? Did you go on many holidays abroad? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say necessarily it was. So that's why I think I remember me and my dad we won a trip to go watch England against Ukraine in the Euros. That was pretty cool. I remember because I I'd only ever had like and that's something I'm really appreciative of now. I get to make my own opinion of my own opinion and thoughts on places. Whereas I remember when we were going to Ukraine before that tournament, there was lots of scaremongering about how Ukrainian fans are going to be. So I think going there at the age of like 13, I think I was, mm. that was an eye opener because I got to see that, oh, maybe I should make my own opinion on people and cultures before because Ukraine was lovely. Like Donetsk mm. was great. Everything was so cheap. Like you could literally take like a tenner out there and you could eat however you wanted. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I think that was an experience that was definitely an eye opener for me. Eastern Europe is amazing as well. Have you ever been to Budapest? I haven't, no. Maybe one to add to the bucket list because it's a really, really nice city, loads of culture, and then you could probably get a football game in while you're there as well, perhaps. Yeah, is it 
is it i'm guessing it's cheap as well like ukraine yeah really cheap they've got these um ruined bars they call them all around the city they're kind of like the name suggests uh ruined buildings which have been converted into bars they've all kind of got their own perks and uh little quirky elements to them but yeah really really cheap kind of like one one pound beers two pound gin and tonic <laughs> really really cheap so you can have an amazing time out there nice sounds good um, so moving on to the next question, I wondered if there was a most adventurous holiday that you'd been on. Um, yes, you know, I'm kind of a bit, I, I went to, I wouldn't say it was a holiday, but I went to Prague. No, not Prague. That's not adventurous. It was um, Latvia. I went to Riga mm. for like, I basically had like this, this presenting gig for like, it was really shady for like this company on Twitch. They were like a gambling company. And I went out there and... That I went alone in this dingy hotel they'd paid me to be in. And like, not to, obviously, um, Riga was lovely, but like this company definitely wasn't. I'd say that was adventurous, but as in stupid. Like, I'm surprised I didn't get harmed. Yeah, that sounds quite scary. Like, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a pleasant one. I was just glad to get home. Yeah. How did it go in the end? Was it all right? Yeah, I think it was all right. I've worked for them for about a month and then they, they sacked me. So. Oh, wow. You weren't out there for a month though, surely? No, I presented from England, but yeah. I don't know why this gambling company based in Latvia wanted me when I looked about 14. I don't really know <laughs> what that was. It was really odd, but I, I just got paid and left. Yeah, take it and run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did you find Riga? It was really nice. I, I was The problem is with me, a lot of city centres in major cities, because obviously Riga is the capital of Latvia, they're quite similar, but... I, 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 Riga just had a lot of life to it, more life than I thought it would have. Like, yeah, and I think I went in like February, so mm. it was cold, but there was a lot going on. So yeah, I, I would definitely want to go back there for like a more like relaxed look. Yeah, for sure. And how did you find going on your own as well? It's something I've never done solo travel. It kind of scares me. So I respect you for doing that. Yeah, it was it was fun. The only other time I've done it, I've done it. I went to Porto alone once, but. That's kind of safe. And I went to Hammerby alone. That was nice. Like Sweden's Sweden's just like probably my favorite country, to be honest. Like mm. I just love Sweden. I don't really mind going alone because I'm kind of just a bit a bit careless, which is obviously a negative <laughs> in a lot of things, but I just I really don't mind. Like I just I just sort of just get I'll go along with things and see how it goes. Yeah, it's so I, I do yeah. Yeah. But also dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, good attitude in doses. <laughs> so, you, um, is there is there a single holiday you would describe as the best holiday you've ever been on? Um, can I annoy everyone who likes travelling and say Disney World in Florida? <laughs> Makes total sense to me. I love Disney World. I don't know what it is. Right, so, me and Jody were actually my girlfriend. We're planning. To, we're supposed to go in May. We'd booked it. I'd booked it like a year and a half in advance. Like it was a big deal for me at the time. Like, um, like I'd have tried. I'd had troubles financially. Like the year prior, I come out of it and I was like, ah, oh, we're going to Florida, and then the pandemic hit. But before that, I'd went with my family and like I'd never really cared about theme parks and stuff. And obviously, it's all artificial. It's all fake. But you still, in I still enjoyed it anyway. So I'd say maybe that in terms of a holiday, the. Anytime I go to Portugal is nice, like Porto. I went to Athens with my friends. We stayed near a beach in like Varquiza in Greece. That was really nice. We got like a villa. It was my first time we got an Airbnb together. 
So that was a holiday that I'll always remember. So I think, yeah, basically, as I'm quite easily pleased. So as long as I'm out with England, because England isn't my favourite of places, to be honest. Just like we get three months of warm weather a year, and yeah. there's not much going on. So it's like, unless you're in London, then I'm sure it's great, but it's not in Norwich or Ely. Yeah, I know what you mean. Kind of, especially through lockdown, with the, with the lack of ability to go abroad, it kind of makes you realise that, yeah, there's a lot more to the world than England. So yeah, how, exactly. did you, how did you find America? I've been to America a few times. I've been to Florida uh, myself. How did you find it out there? I found it, everyone was like just really passionate about their job, whatever they did. Like there was like guys that were working in the car parks, like singing songs to people. Like, I don't know if it's because they all believe in the American dream and stuff. And they believe that they're playing their part, which is really great. Like mm. whatever job you have, like your profession, as long as you love it, what you're doing is amazing. But I, um, America as a place was very artificial. I was in Florida, so it's hard to say, like I've never been out of there, but it did seem quite artificial, Orlando did. I'm sure like other parts of Florida, like is it Kissimmee and Miami? I'm sure they're great. Mm. But Orlando was in a good way, the best way possible it was artificial. So, yeah. and the food was great. So yeah, the food, is really, the food is always a highlight whenever you go to America. Yeah. Do you go to Universal Studios while you're out there? Or was it just um, Disney? I did, yeah. I think that's probably better than Disney World. Yeah. I liked I liked like Typhoon Lagoon, the water park at Disney yeah. World. But like the theme park at Universal is better, I think. Really, really good, isn't it? That Hulk ride. Yeah. Did you go on it? Oh, yeah, I know. Amazing. Now, I remember just yeah, I think I was gnawing a turkey leg for like an hour. They go they walk around with these just massive turkey legs. Like how big are these turkeys? Yeah, aren't they aren't they kind of dunked in something as well? Yeah, they were just, I remember it was like incredibly salty. <laughs> strange, strange, but they taste good. Yeah, um, exactly. You spoke about Hammerby and Sweden. Mm. Is that your favourite city or is it going to be Porto? Uh, I think Porto is my favourite city. My favourite city of Sweden is Gothenburg, which is like not a common answer, I imagine. I haven't seen, I've only been to Gothenburg and Stockholm. So it's like... Um, but I, I think because Gothenburg, I went to a football tournament there when I was in like year 10. So we, that was like my first experience of going away with my friends. And I think that was why it made it special. I think, yeah, Porto is my favourite because like everything there is great. Like the food's great. Like, have you ever been to Porto? And like, I've, I've not been to Porto, but I've only ever been to Lisbon in Portugal. So they do like this, like, yeah, there's like this sandwich called like a Francesina, which is like meats cheese and like i don't know, it's hard to explain i could never make one myself and there's like a beer sauce but and the people there i don't know if it's but like it's not even like it's because they know the videos like when i first went out there the first two times when no one had a clue who i was like i always wanted to go back so i think it's just an amazing city and because i'm so keen on football like everything in the city is like intertwined with the club um and obviously they're like they're, there's the riviera which is like this really nice river I just think, yeah, it's a, it's a really great city and I think probably is my favourite in the world that I've seen so far anyway. Yeah, sounds amazing. Definitely, I'm going to add it to my bucket list to go to. So yeah. you, you went to Porto and you fell in love with the club. I fell in love with it because I think the issue is, right, so I'm, I'm a Leeds fan from the age of six because of family, like my mum's side is from Yorkshire. So obviously, like, I supported Leeds. And, but the problem is I lived in Norfolk all my life and I didn't, I wasn't aware, like, how to get to... I've been to Ellen Road maybe like four times. So I'd never really experienced like the family side of supporting a club, which I don't think 
a lot of like people do really nowadays like because which is people are allowed to support whoever they want but if you don't go to a game and you don't feel the atmosphere then i feel like it's harder to feel an attachment to a club almost mm. and going to porto like it made sense to me like people like went with their family it's a massive family thing like the most women i've ever seen at a football ground 100 was in porto like mm. it means just as much to everyone and they all come together in like this unity and it was something that i'd never experienced myself and they took me under their wing as well so it made it just very easy to fall in love with it like and the passion that they have is like obviously english i think english football is the best in the world for like passion from non-leagues of the premier league like because there's wherever you go there's going to be passionate fans for every club hmm. whereas obviously in portugal that's maybe the case still but it's porto sporting benfica you even if you support a lower team like a lot of people still support one of the big three so the passion you see there is just like i have i've never seen anything close in england like and I, I don't think i will it's not just a passion for the club it's also hatred for the other club so like every Benfica fan genuinely despises Porto. It's not like Liverpool and United where they'll like have a bit of banter about it. And other, a lot of them hate each other, like still, but they, they literally like despise each other. Like if you wear a Porto shirt in the Benfica end, then you, you might not make out alive, which isn't, that's not a nice thing, but that, that's just how deep the hatred runs. Yeah. I went, I went to go to a Benfica game in January, actually right before lockdown. Um, and I can totally vouch for the atmosphere. It was absolutely amazing. But um, yeah, yeah, I've got a Benfica shirt. I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm a Benfica fan, but I don't want to rattle you. But Porto, <laughs> maybe I'll go to them next and then decide who I want to support. Uh, well, I think this season Benfica are gonna. They're just that. They've just got a lot of money compared to Porto because Porto spent badly in the last mm. ten years. So, how much does football play a part in choosing where you want to travel to? <laughs> Not that my girlfriend will approve, but I think it's like, I always, I always have to see. Like we went to, for her, an example for this, we went to Paris for her birthday one year and conveniently coincided with Neymar <laughs> making his debut against Toulouse for PSG. She was like, oh, what are we doing tonight? I was like, um, I've got us tickets to go watch PSG. <laughs> so we had to, I think I always, I think I just have to like, Conveniently, we'll go to a country where I think we went to Sweden conveniently as soon as the English football season ended, just so we could go to a game up there because the season runs over. I think the problem is like it, it does play a massive part. Like if I go to anywhere, I have to at least try to get to a football game, which maybe mm -hmm. isn't healthy, but also it's like my passion. So it I sounds like exactly it. like me though. I dragged my girlfriend <laughs> to uh, just try and list them: Benfica, New York Red Bulls. Uh, I can't think of any more now, but there'll, there'll definitely be more and more to come as well. I kind of feel like whilst you're in these countries, you might as well have a look at the fixture list and try and plot it so you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, yeah, it just is the best way. And always, my girlfriend always enjoys it as well. It's not like she's always like, oh, I hate this. Mm -hmm. They they always end up enjoying it. I think. Yeah. No, maybe maybe we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So um, you spoke about the food in Porto, the sandwich. I was going to ask what the best city for food was. See, the issue with me is like, so remember that, do you see that tweet from that Molly May that went around the other day about Italy and food? Yes. She's like, (laughs) see, I've been to Italy a few times and the pizza's great, but I think we're just, my palate is maybe acclimatized. I wouldn't say it's Italy or the country. Milan's food was great in Milan and I went to Turin. The food was better in Milan than it was in Turin. But the issue is that these people, I reckon they've gone into the really touristy bits and just eating food that's not even their cuisine. Like, um, I don't know what my point was there. I'd say Porto, maybe. Um, where else have I eaten, like, the local cuisine? In, in Latvia, actually, I had a really... Oh, no, where was it? Hamburg. The food was great. I had, like, a brisket over there. But I wouldn't say that was, like, German cuisine. But though I had a really nice... Probably the nicest meal I've had aboard was the brisket I had in Hamburg. So I'll say Hamburg. Oh, amazing. Yeah, in, in Benfica, if you ever go... Sorry, in Lisbon, there's this food hall, a time-out food hall. It's amazing. Basically, yeah. uh, local restaurants from all over the city come and have these uh, stalls in this one massive building and they all cook like one dish that they're famous for and all around you can kind of go um, to each of them and then there's this central hub of uh, like long benches so definitely go there but because for food that's for me the best place by a long way that sounds good yeah i do want to go to lisbon i feel like there was a point where I couldn't, I literally couldn't set foot in Lisbon because people genuinely wanted to kill me. <laughs> that was because I was, I was young and I was immature and I didn't, didn't quite get how fierce the rivalry was. Mm. So I'd be like, just yeah, maybe go with caution. Then. Day, like, yeah, every day I'd be trying to annoy Benfica fans. Then, 
then I realized I genuinely did want me dead. And then I was like, I can't go to Lisbon. <laughs> so, which is a shame, but maybe in a year or two, because obviously I'm not going to be, there was a point where I basically became like on social media anyway, like I tweet about Porto all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, then I realized quickly that that it's not going to help me in terms of any career opportunities in England. So I need to think logically. So I, I think maybe once that's died down a bit, I can just sleep, sneak in and not be attacked. I'm sure I'd be fine anyway. I don't want to that much. Maybe just wear a fake moustache or something. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a place that you could always go back to? Yeah, Porto is a bit of an easy one, isn't it? I think um, Athens, I think, mm. I don't know why. Athens was just great. I think maybe because obviously from like a holiday perspective, it's cheap, the food's cheap and I found Greek people to be lovely towards me anyway. Mm. So I think it maybe happens. Or maybe one of the Greek islands, but I've never been, so it's not the question. And you said you went with your friends, is that right? Yeah. I think that does make it going with either your friends, well, going with your friends, like going with your, it's two different holidays going with your girlfriend and your friends. Like when you go with your friends, like it's very much it's like an immature, like lads thing. Because mm. if you go with your girlfriend, you kind of not that I, I act differently around that, but it's a different holiday because you oh, have to you kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you come away from a lad's trip just with quotes, I find. You've always got quotes yeah. and funny noises and stuff which make this, and then you can just spark back to them at any time and then remind yourself of that moment. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Whereas, if, and if you try to make them jokes, the girlfriend's like, what's going on? Yeah, different audience. <laughs> Is there any other places you've been with your mates? Have you, have you ever done a typical lads holiday? No, because we're not, we're not like lads. Like I'm, I still look young. Ben, my other friend, looks young. Mm. Lewis, my other friend, looks young. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we couldn't, we couldn't be lads. I don't think we can no, be like me neither. Lads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could never be like Magaluf. No, that's not me. No, I never did it. I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there is one holiday that particularly means the most to you? And if there is, if, if there's a particular reason? Um, we went to Disney, sounds naff again. We went to Disneyland <laughs> Paris and like I was in a bad place mentally like a few months before that. And that was when I was coming out of it. So then like, that was kind of like the culmination of it. Like, you know, when you, I don't know, like anyone's listening to it, it's been like in a bad place mentally and like, you don't really enjoy things. Mm. That's when we got there. I was like, ah, oh, but then, like, I suddenly, like, I was enjoying it all. And not because the whole Disney thing. I think it was finally just me being, like, I'm over the situation I was in. So I think maybe, yeah, probably that one would mean the most to me, I'd say. Yeah, nice. You've been quite open about speaking about mental health issues. Is that something you yeah. feel like is really important? Because, obviously, I feel like people are opening up more to it. And it's kind of entering the more mainstream conversation. And what you're doing is great, by the way. Thank you. I think it's... Yeah, I do, I do think it is important. And anyone speaking about it at all is massive. But there was also a bit of a hole in the topic where no one really went into any detail. And it was more looking for people just to know their story. And there wasn't really anything to say, this is how I got out of it. This is what you should do. Because also, potentially that's dangerous to say. But I just wanted to show my side and be like, okay, this is how it improved for me. And also like touch on things that people didn't touch on. Like, when, like I said, when I was struggling, like a big part of it was like my ego went, got massive because I felt so bad about myself. I don't know what it was almost like counterintuitive, 
Hmm. So I think I think getting people to speak about things that people don't talk about is pretty big. No, I completely agree. Um, you spoke about a place that you'd always go back to in Porto. Is there a place that you'd feel the opposite about and never go back to? Uh, Tenerife. Yeah. I think, so we went to Tenerife because I saw they had a water park. That was literally it. <laughs> Not to, I think maybe it was a part of Tenerife, but it's just English. It's just England. Mm. And like, it's England, but hot. And that doesn't interest me as a holiday at all. I think I, I like to go and see different places and experience different cultures. I heard that the north, or is it, I was in the south of Tenerife, I think. Apparently the north is much better, mm. but I didn't. And also it feels like because there's a tourist location made for tourists, says the person who likes Disneyland, but <laughs> it, it doesn't feel genuine. And like, you know that everyone is there for this tourism thing, which is for me, I, it doesn't resonate with me. And we, we, my girlfriend agreed, like after a day, we were kind of like, this isn't something we'll go back to, I don't think. Has your taste in holidays and destinations changed as you've got older? Yeah, when I was younger, I always used to think like all inclusive and stuff. But now I'm like, wherever I go, I want to experience a bit of the culture. I want to have our own like villa or like an Airbnb, just so you're in your own space. Because yeah, my, my taste definitely was like my family have always been on holidays where you make friends of another English family there, you spend the holiday with them. Whereas me, I'm more of a, don't really want to talk to anyone because it's my holiday. I want to, if I'm going to talk to anyone, it's going to be locals and I'm going to see what their life's like, basically. Mm. Well, yeah. It, with with that, is there a dream destination you have in mind? One place that kind of tops your bucket list? Um, I want to go to the Maldives. Mm. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's like a honeymoon location. I, have you been? I don't know if you've been, but there's not, doesn't look like there's much going on other than the beach. I don't really know. It looks no, nice I've, in photos. I've never been, I've never been, but it does look uh, very quiet with not a lot to do. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, very picturesque. So have you ever dreamt of doing any backpacking, maybe around Southeast Asia or South America? I, I haven't. I, I want to go to Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia, but I don't think I get too irritable. Like when I've got like a weight on my back, <laughs> Like, I feel like, I, I don't know, maybe it's amazing. It probably would be an amazing experience. It's like, but I like to, when you go backpacking, like, do you mean it's in, like, hostels or you go to different hotels or? Not necessarily backpacking, but kind of exploring and, yeah, different hostels, maybe different hotels, but around various parts of one either continent or country. Yeah, I think I would like to, for sure. Like, I like to, because that's the only way you experience cultures. It's all well and good going to, like, tourist destinations, but... Like there's like on a on this note, there's like a channel it's called like Honest Guide, who is based in Prague. Yes. And he yeah. like he basically shoots down every tourist thing. He's like, This is what you should do if you want to be like a local and like mm. do the stuff. And like I like stuff like that. Like I like to do but to be I like to see and experience what a local would actually experience. So then it gives you a broader horizon on like your own outlook on life as well, I think. Yeah, completely agree. I, I like that guy's channel as well on this guy. I watched his uh, lap, sorry, um, Estonia uh, Tallinn video. Really, really good. Is he one of yeah. your favourite YouTubers, perhaps? No, I, yeah, I do really like his channel. I like the cause he works for trying to stop scammers. Mm. He, um, he, he, what are them? Have you, I'm guessing you have you been to Prague? Oh, I've been to Prague, yeah. You know, them cake things that they sell? Yes. He's not to be keen on. I, I love them. They, they taste so nice. They, I don't. <laughs> I know you shouldn't eat them as a tourist, but they are amazing. Yeah. Like, 
I think, yeah, I, I probably spend like 20 quid a, a holiday when I go there on them because they're just, oh, they're incredible. <laughs> Are there any other YouTubers you pick out as um, perhaps your favourite to watch? Uh, in terms of travelling, like I really like Simon Wilson. Like he's amazing. Mm. Um, but also he... <laughs> Some of the stuff he exposes is is horrendous, or like how bad the security is at these places. Yeah, uh, I love this. This is the problem. I'm, I like obviously I watch the sidemen. Everyone watches the sidemen. Mm. It's great. The issue with being like in the football spaces, I don't really watch any football channels other than Smith. Smith's amazing. Mm. I think like on the road is the best series on YouTube in my opinion. But other than that, there's not. I just tend to watch videos rather than like, and I'll just see what I fancy that day. Yeah, use the home feed and let YouTube kind of distribute content that it thinks you'd like. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely the same. So you've spoken about wanting to watch various football games around the world. Is there one team or one club which is uh, top of your football bucket list? Uh, Boca Juniors. I really want to see them. I want to go to La Bombonera before because they're changing, aren't they? They're like expanding mm. it. So I don't, I don't know if it'll lose some of its character, but I think they're only expanding it because they're, isn't that, I think their season ticket waiting list is like 50 years something just wow. outrageous like that so yeah I, def I definitely want to get to a Boca Juniors game if it's ever possible yeah make sure you go for that derby as well against the River Plate I can imagine it's just unreal <sighs> that's that that's got to be up there on my bucket list as well and yeah. then the final question mate um is do you have a holiday planned or what is your next holiday you want to do uh, I do well uh we're going to Florida hopefully next year because I moved it yeah, which is yeah, stress of all that. Still haven't had my flights refunded. Uh, we want to go to Athens again next year. We take like our girlfriends this time. Mm. But other than that, it's I don't really know what to plan because I don't know. Surely next year things are going to be I don't know. Yeah, stress. No, I completely agree. It's so hard. Have you done any trips around the UK whilst lockdown's been in place? We went to. I don't think we actually actually have no. No, I, I haven't, weirdly. Not that I can rem remember anyway. Yeah, no, it's, it's not as inspiring, is it, to book a holiday in the UK as it is to book it abroad? No, exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah, also because I've seen I've seen quite a lot of the UK and none of it, I really like Derbyshire, that's amazing, but I feel like there was a lot of tourism going on there and then, I don't know, I wanted to avoid people if possible with the whole pandemic thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Thanks so much for joining me, mate. I really, really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your day. Yeah, no worries at all. So there we go. That was the second episode of the Travel Talks podcast with Ellis Platten. Thanks again to him for joining me. It was really great to talk to him about all things away days, football shirts, travel. It was a really great episode and I hope you enjoyed it too. If you did, then if you could give this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to it on, that would really mean a lot to me. Thanks again to Ellis for coming on the show and to you for listening too. I'll be back next Monday with another podcast with a very special guest. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.